Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Andy training camp is only a week away. Let's start breaking down position groups and getting ourselves ready for media day. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free, never behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where upwards of 21,000 subscribers are all hanging out, getting themselves ready for NBA basketball, which is starting back up next week. We are only a week away, Andy, from the opening of training camp, uh, media day, all that kind of stuff coming up. Um, I'm I'm really hopeful that the nice folks at BBGo are as generous as they were last year. Uh, was, they were really excited about that sponsorship and sent everybody home with a easily the coolest media day uh, swag uh, that we've ever had. Um, so you know, shout out to our friends at BBGo. Um, By the way, if they'd like to sponsor this podcast, in addition to that little mom and pop operation known as the Lakers, right. um, we are open for business. I will wear a jersey patch. Um, Hell yeah. And we can work that out with corporate over there. Dude, the I'll, I'll, I'll cover up the locked on logo <laughs> if it means we're getting more BBGo. <laughs> Sorry, David. Uh, this is just how things are now. Um, all right. So we're locked gonna... on BBGo. <laughs> I will do Oh my God. That would a... be the most delicious podcast ever. I don't give a bleep, man. Um, all right. So I will get into that in a second, but it is, it is like it's finally here. Like, and, and it is, it is, it, it, it's a great spot, I think, as we kind of get to this point, like to, to kind of think about like where the Lakers are. Um, how much more legitimate excitement, Andy, there is for this season, and how little you have to, you know, bend and twist and squint and do all these other things to feel optimistic about what was coming. Like, because last year at this time, we were still in the like, hey, there's a week away from training camp. You know, there's still time to do the Buddy Heald, Miles Turner thing. You know, like, we still got time. Like, are they going to flip Russ? Are we going to really open camp with Russell Westbrook? Um, none of that this year. It is oh, so nice. Yeah, I was thinking about this, Brian. And like the last time the Lakers opened a camp feeling A, this optimistic, and B, feeling like you had a solidified idea of what the team is in the first place. And like, you know, there's always questions to think about, factors to think about sure. with every team heading into training camp, and there obviously are some with the Lakers that we, I'm sure, will discuss during this show, if not uh, the week leading up to training camp during preseason and throughout the entire season. You know, off the, top of, off the top of everyone's head, it's, you know, LeBron entering season 21, where's his body at, how do you manage his minutes, ADs injured, all sorts of stuff like that. But, like, this may be – I was trying to think about the last time it felt like heading into a season, things were – this optimistic and it felt like a team had as relatively few questions i'm thinking maybe going back to like the lakers looking to defend the 2009 championship or maybe looking maybe looking to three-peat although there had been a little bit of ominous signs with phil jackson 
very seriously considering retiring. Like he really had to be talked back for the 2010-11 season because he really was seriously considering getting out. But like just in, say, the last four to five seasons, heading into the 2018-19 season, obviously excitement about LeBron joining the team, but you had no idea what exactly it was going to look like with LeBron and all of these exciting but very unproven young players. And even the most optimistic person like me, who had always been very high on B.I. and Lonzo and Kuzma, Josh Hart, all those guys. Yeah, the, the kids. Even I thought like, okay, it's going to take some time, even if I think it could work out. Even LeBron, then heading in, even LeBron said it was going right. to take some time to work out. Right, and LeBron made it. It's pretty clear. Um, maybe he didn't, I don't know a month or so into the season, time. he didn't have that kind yeah. of time. Let's yeah, he, he went into bit. it. He went into it expecting, yeah, it'll take some time, and then he about a month into it said, "F time, leave that." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like time. <laughs> Screw this. Get me Anthony Davis. He was, well, he was old then, Andy. Right. And then heading into the 2019-20 season, there had been all the chaos leading up to that. Luke Walton getting fired, Magic abruptly resigning, saying that Rob Palinka is a snake, uh, trading for Anthony Davis, you know, which had been on the heels of the midseason attempts at that that got super ugly and awkward. Frank Vogel gets hired, clearly not the first choice of the organization. Like not even he was at best. Or the third. He was at best their fourth choice. At best their fourth. They end up winning a championship. But then 2020, 2021 doesn't even feel like a normal excitement. You're defending a championship season because it was such a condensed offseason because of the bubble. Things were still weird because of the period they were in. The Lakers brought in a lot of new faces to try to offset the fact that they had just played this long run. So you didn't quite know what that team was. Heading into 21-22, it was Russ. And then heading into 22-23, and Russ, it was... And, and it was it was Westbrook and a lame... Let's make Frank Vogel a lame duck. Yeah. And then heading into 22-23, it was Russ. You know what I mean? Like, and Darvin. Yeah. We had a new coach. Yes. still got Russ. Um, this and- feels like for the first time, again, maybe in like... 13 years that it feels like, you know, what the team is Mm -hmm. and and you have an idea of what it's going to look like. You have an idea of how the pieces fit together. It's really exciting and fun. It is. It's, it's the reason why for people who are the everydayers who are, you know, caught it last week, or maybe you missed it. uh, You know, maybe you like other people are getting that last bit of uh, time in before you devote all of your time and energy to things like this podcast and keeping up with the NBA season. And we talked about this idea of like why the Lakers are exciting and they are um, really good. And there, there's a ton of reason to be enthusiastic about them, but they're not intriguing in certain ways because I agree with you. I kind of feel like I understand what they are. And if they, if you know, it, LeBron's got to stay healthy. Anthony Davis has got to stay healthy. Like, obviously, we and those are big ifs. Um, and how you manage those periods are going to be, you know, tricky. Like, I don't know exactly what the upside is going to look like. There's always going to be surprises about who performs well, which combinations you think are going to work that don't, and 
some that you might not think of that do and 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 all of that. I'm not saying they're not interesting, but I, I just sort of feel like I understand what they are. Whereas I look at other teams around, I'm like, what is the ceiling for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, are the are the Memphis Grizzlies a team that is that is going to maintain what they did last year? Or is there real trouble there? You know, a tough offseason for uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. after the World Cup and obviously everything going on with Ja and and all of that. But great young team, good organization, great, I think a great coach in, in Taylor Jenkins. And they just brought in Marcus Smart. Like, what does that look? There are a lot of teams that are just... Denver's the defending champions. Yeah. They, are very, they are thin with really proven talent. Like, their starting five is fantastic. But losing Bruce Brown is a big deal. In his own right, losing Jeff Green was kind of a deal in terms of who ended up playing during the playoffs. You know, Christian Brown, I know they're high on. There's optimism with them there. But there's still things to figure out with Denver, including how do they react to being the hunted and yep. getting every team's best shot. Other than KCP, nobody on Denver knows what that's like. You and I have covered enough championship teams to know that's a big deal. It is. Um, so let's, let's look a little bit at, at sort of around the roster and you just talk about sort of the, the difference from last year to this year. Uh, perhaps the most stark example of that is in the backcourt. So we'll take a look at, uh, uh, at the guards and later on today, why Christian Wood shouldn't Saturn. <laughs> I think I found a typo in our card. <laughs> um, so I'll get to that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by DoorDash. Are you missing syrup for your pancakes? Run out of your favorite coffee creamer? Burnt that last piece of bread you wanted for toast? The avocados have gone bad. They always go bad. Avocados are really tricky. Your hot sauce bottle is just unexpectedly empty. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you get what you want right when you need it. Stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get high-quality grocery delivery, too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you will find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with every order. So just sit back, enjoy quality groceries like you pick them yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a free delivery fee, nothing, zero, no dollars whatsoever on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at the checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off, up to 20 bucks, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's LOCKEDONNBA, the code for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, so we'll, we'll get to these position uh, position groups here in a second, starting with the uh, the guards here. But this made me laugh. Um, for people listening last week, we talked for a few minutes about Patrick Beverly um, and his advice. This, I believe, was Friday's show, right, Andy? I um, think so. Pat Bev's comments on the Pat Bev podcast about how he told uh, Vanderbilt to turn down that extension with the Lakers because you get paid more, you get overpaid when you get into the offseason. Like, you get you know in in season extensions you get paid fairly uh, off season you get overpaid so he told for that matter he thought D'Angelo Russell settled for too little yep so uh, he's like he should have um, shouldn't he shouldn't shouldn't sign the deal uh, this is before it was even offered I think 
Um, this from the YouTube page, WM Kuchia, uh, or maybe William Kuchia, I'm not sure. Thirteen fifty six says Dennis Schroeder must have listened to Pat Bev when he turned down four years and eighty five million <laughs> with the Lakers. So uh, that made me chuckle, and I thought was worth being mentioned on the show. So uh, please keep the questions and comments coming. We do love to use them um, whenever we can. So uh, at Cam Brothers YouTube page, Brothers gmail.com, lots of ways to get a hold of us. So uh, like I said, I don't think there's a place on the roster where the contrast between what they were working with going into last year versus what they've got this year is more stark than the guards. And it obviously starts with Russell Westbrook, obviously, um, but it really goes much deeper than that. I mean, they have they have completely turned over that guard unit. Yeah, I mean, Russell Westbrook was one of the guards on the team to begin last season. Patrick Beverly, um, you know, point guard slash agent, was one of the other guards um, opening. Well, he actually didn't open the season. Was he hurt? I think he was hurt to open the season. I thought the roster, though. Right, sure. I'm just thinking about the guys who were literally starting for the team. Uh, Austin Reeves, uh, at the time, you know, was considered promising from that rookie deal, uh, rookie season. But you're also wondering, like, how much how much of that was just garbage team? Somebody has to do something. We were excited just to see somebody do something nice at all. (laughs) Like, right, exactly. Uh, Kendrick Nunn was uh-huh. one of the guards on this roster. We were really uh, excited about Scotty Pippen Jr. may have actually been on the opening night roster getting minutes Lonnie Walker, who was at the very best an upside flyer. And Lonnie was fine, but he was not great. And quite frankly, I don't think Lonnie would be stealing minutes from D'Angelo Russell, this version of Austin Reeves, or Gabe Vincent. Yeah, completely. Uh, and yeah. and that doesn't even take into account Max Christie and the role that I think he's going to have with the team moving forward. And I think the organization is earmarking in pencil, if nothing else, for him right. to have and this Pippen, by the way, it should be noted, it was one of the Exhibit 10 deals that the mm-hmm. Lakers signed. So he's still um, connected to the organization, seems very likely to be on the G League team this year. Um, he's just – he is really undersized. Uh, and – not a not a tremendous athlete and so it's hard to see like a big future there for him but yeah i mean you're talking about the only guys who are holdovers from that position group um are a different version of austin reeves with different expectations and uh certainly a very different contract and and then you know max christie who was you know a 19 year old rookie so you know you look at it now and you're talking about russell and Gabe Vincent and Reeves as your your you know your foundation sort of foundation of of your top three guards, and then you look past it. And what I really like about this group, Andy, is whether you're talking about you know Demoy Hodge on a two way or Christie, who we can talk a little bit more about here in a second, or uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. There isn't really any impetus for the last guys I named other than, I guess, Christie to contribute. And while, and even now, like they, they have enough depth that while I think they are a significantly better team, if Christie can play like a legitimate 15 minutes of NBA 
not just like, ooh, that's pretty good for a young guy, but like he's he's contributing. Like that is those are good minutes by any standard. Like that is a, a potentially transformational thing in the rotation, but they have enough depth to absorb it if he's not quite ready. Well, I mean, they're going to be looking potentially at Cam Reddish, like to get an opportunity there. I mean, I he is swing Manny in that way between a two and three, and I I think if Christie wasn't working out and you Jalen Hutchifino either isn't ready or you don't think he works alongside uh, Gabe Vincent off the bench, which I think actually could be a possibility, and I don't consider Torian Prince really a two guard option. I mean, oh, other yeah, than he's this, a three. Right. Other than the spacing that he provides with shooting, he really functions. He functions more like a power forward than a shooting guard. Correct. I think if you had to slot him one or the other. Absolutely. Um, Reddish could potentially get opportunity or a look. I think it's going to be difficult for Reddish to crack rotation minutes if everybody else plays at the level that you know you either expect or just think they will. But what's interesting about that is in a lot of ways, Cam Reddish is – this season's Lonnie Walker, except the expectations and necessity for Reddish are far lower than Walker. I mean, like even last year when you and I weren't quite sure where Walker fit in the rotation, which is why we weren't particularly high on it as a use of the Lakers' mid-level exception, you still could see a clearer path for Walker to get minutes um, or, you know, you had seen, I think, if nothing else, a little bit more consistency from Walker than you've seen from Reddish over his career. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, and look, Reddish, for reference, played about 20% of his minutes as a two last year, 70% as a small forward, and 12% as a power forward. So he's almost spent almost as much time as a power forward. Yeah. Like, positionless basketball, so on, so on. The year before that, 99% of his time was at small forward. Uh, before that, 85% at small Again, forward. I think he's an option if things are going really poorly. What it is, is I like, don't think he's a great option, though. No, I don't, I don't think he's a great option. I mean, go back to you go back to the the I have long been confused by the obsession with Cam Reddish from the organization just because it it just hasn't worked. Like every, a lot of people have given him a lot of opportunities um, because it seems like it should on paper, and it hasn't. Um, but even with Reddish, and we'll probably talk more about him with, when we get to the forwards groups, um, it, they just they don't need him to be good. Um, and this is one of the things that I do think is, is nice about the, uh, the Christian Wood signing is like I'm pretty sure Wood is, assuming they can find the right combinations and the playable things around what I realize we're getting away from the guards here, is it takes guys like, Chris, uh, like uh, Reddish and Jackson Hayes and whatever, and makes it less important that these guys who have not been particularly productive in their NBA careers, they're young, they have potential, I get it. And I don't have a problem with the signings, but you don't want to put them in a position where like Jackson Hayes before the Christian Wood signing was either going to uh, need to be good or we would limit the Lakers in what their options were if he wasn't. That's when people were talking about about Colin Castleton possibly being the backup center. Right. Um, you know, I, I really, I don't, there, there's no superstar in, in, in this. The Lakers are not built around superstar guards. Their superstar guard, if you want to think about it, is, is LeBron. But it's a, it's a nice, that top three is a nice one. And then you throw, um, 
you know, in terms of starting guards with with Russell and Reeves fit really nicely, I think, with what they're trying to do. And then Gabe Vincent behind that. It's just a, a, a solid, I think, relatively predictable trio of players with complementary skill sets that if I was Ham and the coaching staff, I would be very pleased to be coaching. Yeah, let's break really quick, and then when we get back, there's one last thing I wanted to bring up just that I'm looking for with the guards before we get into this question about Christian Wood. Yeah, do that next. So one of the things, Brian, that I think is going to be really interesting to watch this season is D'Angelo Russell versus Gabe Vincent in terms of starting roles versus closing roles. Yep, absolutely. I think D'Angelo Russell, unless he has either a really bad training camp or I guess Gabe Vincent just crushes training camp or they just make a logistical decision that they feel like they want, say, D'Angelo Russell and Christian Wood together off the bench to be just the – you. there is no team in the league that can keep up with our bench scoring. Like we, like we are going to turn our bench – into something that steamrolls and actually builds the leads that hopefully our starting unit builds. I would be very surprised if D'Angelo Russell <laughs> defensively challenged group you're talking about. <laughs> but I, that's that's where Max Christie and Torian Prince and I guess that's maybe right. Jared Vanderbilt make their money uh, or Rui, whoever. But uh, like, save some type of scenario like that. I think it is pretty much set in pen that D'Angelo Russell is going to be the starting point guard for this team. But I think there's a very good chance that Gabe Vincent could be regularly the point guard closing games. Unless the Lakers are in need of more scoring to try to get themselves back into a game down the stretch because D'Lo is a more dynamic scorer than Vincent. More often than not in crunch time, defense I think can swing games more than offense and Gabe Vincent is just the more established, reliable defender than D'Lo. And I think that's just going to be a fascinating dynamic to watch. I mean, in some ways, I think a lot of that is is really up to D'Lo in some ways. Like, sure, how well do you hold up defensively? Because I agree. I mean, short of slashing Darvin Ham's tires on the way out of the facility at the beginning of training camp, um, I, I, I'd be very surprised if, um, if he wasn't the starter. I think it'd be a frankly kind of a mistake um it's like just because the rest of lakers nation believes that d'angelo russell needs to be on his way out the door doesn't mean you have to actually facilitate that process on the like the third day of school um by by making a move like that um you know i am also not as you know devoted to vincent as i think a lot of other people are i think it's great signing i love the money i love it and i love him as a backup point guard a very good backup point guard i think d'angelo russell's a better player um this is really where like you know the combinations come into play like how you know i know there's like coming out of the world cup does you know there's some people wondering about austin reeves's defense i'm not worried about it cuz at the nba level by most measurements, as good as we are at figuring this stuff out, Reeves was a plus defender, especially in a team context. Um, I certainly don't worry about other opposing offenses tilting what everything they do to try to somehow take advantage of Austin Reeves in the post. I feel like if that's what they're going to do, God let them. I mean, like, because that's not what I guarantee you, that's not what they normally do. So, I mean, I, I think 
if you when you start to find these other combinations as whether that's Hachimura as a closing player, everyone's who else, whoever else you might see there, you're putting it in a position where Russell doesn't have to be great; he needs to be good enough. And that for me is like that's why I say like, can you D'Angelo Russell be good enough to finish games? Because I think if you can, to have that balance around the floor. And you know, Vincent is out there hitting like he was in the playoffs. This is a different conversation. But just based on their regular season track records to this point, you, you can make it work with D'Lo. I think you are going to find a better, a better flow late in games. Because I, while I agree with you, defense can tilt. It is there are. It is hard to to grind your way through every fourth quarter, the last five minutes when it's hard to get buckets and you put Reeves on one spot, Russell in another, you've got LeBron, you've got AD and you've got somebody like Rui Hachimura potentially. That's a pretty brutal group to cover. Right. I mean, that's part of the reason why I, I think Vincent could end up okay because I think the other options out there could make it so you don't really struggle to put up points. And it's not like Vincent can't score. You know, I mean, it, no, it's not can. like he's incapable. I mean, I believe he's coming off a double-digit scoring season. He, you but know. he's not. He's not a dynamic scorer in the same no, way. No, he's he absolutely isn't. But th- and I think with Ruffles the other probably a better point guard. Um, I would agree of ball movements. I just think he's a better player. As I, no, that, as that may be true. Again, that may that may be true. But when you also take into account who some of the playmaking options that could be out there, including you know LeBron. Austin Reeves, you know, like they, sure. there could be other guys out there where ultimately, again, the the defense, which I think often becomes more critical in crunch time than the scoring. I, th- I think it can make a difference. If nothing else, I think coaches tend to, I think they tend to covet that rely- reliability defensively more than the explosiveness offensively. But We'll see. I mean, we'll they're, they're both I, I mean, I, I think that's where that that's where the you know can can Russell make himself reliably predictable? Sure. If, if nothing else, I don't. We'll do this wood thing. You don't. You think there's any real chance Huchifino has a role this year? I don't. I'm no. Short of guys getting hurt. No, short of guys getting hurt. I I don't. Um, and that's fine. You know. And he, you, but you didn't talk. I I mentioned to talk about. It. You didn't really get a chance to talk about Chris. We can save wood for tomorrow. Um, what's sure. your what what are you expecting from him? Because I know you've talked a lot of like when you talk about like his role and how good you think he could be. Could Shafino? Like, no, uh, Max Christie. What, oh, Max. What what is it that you're looking for? Like, what is your expectation of of the the role you think he's going to play? Um, presumably as a sort of a primary backup for Reeves and potentially sliding down to the three sometimes too, depending on the lineup. Uh, three point shooting, defense, uh, defensive rebounding. Those are things that. We saw signs of him being good at during his rookie season, saw signs of not even signs of it, just actual tangible proof of him being outstanding of it during summer league. Right. And even acknowledging summer league competition is not NBA competition. There, there is a path that you want to see from second year players when they are in their second time around in summer league. It's you want them to be one of the best players on the floor. Yep. And, you know, rookie, Rookie season, Max Christie was frankly kind of a mess during summer league. I didn't care because that's often what happens with rookies, even really good rookies. Yeah. So I, he was a particularly young rookie, right? He was a very, very young rookie, but even a lot of 
you know, lottery pick rookies struggle during summer league and it ends up being just fine. You know, case in point, Brandon Ingram, his rookie season had a pretty bad summer league. Um, you and I were higher on him during his actual rookie year than a lot of other people. But second year, his summer league, he played like two games there and decided, nope, we've seen enough. Kid's going to be just fine. Turned out the kid was just fine. Um, Max Christie, to me, is progressing in a direction that I think is very promising. I love a lot of what he brings in terms of size and physicality. Um, he's very confident. I, he is, by all accounts, extremely coachable. Works his ass off. I think he's very mature for his age. And I've just heard from enough people that they like what they've seen. And, you know, la yeah. last year, Christie played a fair amount in the first half of the season. And, you know, the team was not winning. And ultimately, when they made all those moves, Christie pretty much stopped playing because of the circumstances of having more experienced players. And also they were trying to make a play-in push where they were really battling the odds. And most coaches, including Darwin, will not want to put a player out there with Christie's inexperience. I have no problem with him doing that at all. But I wouldn't have minded Christie continuing to play because more often than not, I didn't think he gave many reasons to take him off the court. Yeah, Even, I, I don't. I don't think he did. No, I think the. I think for the way I look at it is is this way. I mean, like when you start to break down, you know, on off impact, you know, um, net ratings and things like that. Like there was often, I, I think a lot of Christie's stuff is like, wow, he's really holding. He's doing. He's really holding up well compared to both what he was in summer league, which was, I agree with you, a hot mess. Um, but also, I think sort of being graded on the curve of kids 19 years old, just turned 20 or whatever it is, you know, depending on what you're talking about. And like he's 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 showing that he has NBA skills. And that's really cool. Um, what I think what you could see this year is sort of like an NBA version of what you look at in summer league where in where you start to take away that curve from like, he's doing good for where everything in parentheses is for a second round pick who's 19 years old and it isn't expected to play and all that stuff too. Yeah. He's just playing well, not he's one of the five best players in your rotation, but he is worthy of playing time as your eighth, ninth, 10th guy. Because again, that's like trading for a player um, to have that kind of development. And then he puts it on, you know, this, and to do that, uh, to the significance of him playing well in summer league as a kid who still has not turned 21 is different than somebody like Castleton playing well in summer league at 23, where you're older, you're more mature, you know, you've you're you have grown into your grown up body in a way that Max Christie has. And I don't want to diminish what Castleton did in summer league because it was pretty impressive, but. If at 23 and stuff he looked wildly overmatched, it was going to more an indication that Castleton wasn't going to make it. Right. Um, and so I, I think it was a smart. Same with Hodge. Like the the Lakers kind of picked ready-made dudes. Yep. With those two-way slots, but it's a different deal than Christie. So Absolutely. let's save this Wood thing uh, and why he should satert for uh, should not satert for another uh, another show. Uh, it's in response to another uh, question and comment that was left on the YouTube page. So For people who can't see this, uh, it's supposed to be why Christian Wood shouldn't, shouldn't start. start. I think they figured it out. Oh, right. Not everybody can see it. Right. Um, 
Some people are listening, Andy, the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. um, Lock and Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see my typos and also hang out with upwards of 21,000 subscribers. Uh, leave us questions. Leave us comments. Trying to set up some good guests uh, for the week as we get towards training camp. We'll see everybody tomorrow.